Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Smack, talking superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar. With me again this week is Alex. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, we hope you missed us because we missed you last week. We had an impromptu holiday weekend. Uh, I just, I wasn't feeling well, and it was also Thanksgiving weekend, so I was just like, well, let the guys shop. And Mandy. Mandy's not a guy, so... Uh, Mandy and I did have a conversation. We were both very concerned with uh, the lack of an episode, so it will never happen again. (laughs) Which is fine. I have a baby due in February, so someone's got to carry the mantle while I am not able to do that. And it's very possible that it could interfere with uh, the Black Panther review episode. So I'm counting on you guys to uh, carry the enthusiasm that we've had in our review episodes. Um, I've already cleared it with, uh, with your wife and... The labor, if need be, will happen during the movie, so you can be there for it. (laughs) I I have already told my wife, and I've whispered to the child in her belly, that if she comes on February, I think it would actually be 14th, I think it's Valentine's Day or the day after, that would be the advanced screening, that she's dead to me. (laughs) Fair. That's good. (laughs) I will hold it against her the rest of her life. She wants to go to a good college. She's going to a mediocre college. <laughs> she wants a nice car. She's getting a clunker. All the all the good stuff that the the potential middle child gets. Exactly. Got to have you got to have your priorities straight. Got to go see Black Panther. Then worry about the child, and then it'll be old enough for you to see. Uh, Luella was only <laughs> Luella was only maybe four weeks old when The Force Awakens came out, and we dropped her off with the in laws and went and saw The Force <laughs> Awakens. I was really hoping we're like. And she was fine in the car until we got back. <laughs> Mid-December, newborn, she'll be fine. We left the heat on. <laughs> and on a Christmas station, and she was great. That would explain so much. <laughs> so in uh, other news, not related to my family and me being a terrible person and father and spouse, David S. Goyer is in talks to direct Sony's Masters of the Universe movie. So there's... So much wrong with that statement. One, I'm really surprised that Sony owns the rights to Masters of the Universe since that's a DC property. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Two, David Goyer. Well, and three, that they're again trying to bring back Masters of the Universe. Three, Sony. (laughs) Sony's making Masters of the Universe. That's not going to be good. Not particularly. No, like Sony is very missed lately, and I don't. Getting David Goyer to come on and do this just is not getting on the right path. I think they should have found out that the right path is being a distributor and not a studio. <laughs> because they should have learned that lesson with Spider-Man: Homecoming. They just need. Uh, they need to take the route for. Um for the Bond franchise route. We'll just consistently just distribute movies and pay heavy amounts of money for it and have no creative control. Exactly. I mean, it worked for that. It works for James Bond. It worked for Spider-Man. I mean, the only th- the only thing Sony did do poorly as far as what they had c- control of with Spider-Man Homecoming is they were in charge of the marketing, and they gave way too much away of that movie. They, they were, showed way too much. Yeah, I think if you're a PlayStation... Um, if you're a PlayStation Network member, you got to watch like the first 10 minutes, like two weeks early. Which technically like wasn't the actual first 10 minutes because they cut out the entire prologue of yeah, Michael Keaton and still... uh, his company getting cut out. So there's give there. But yeah, they, they, they showed you the entire like Peter Parker video yeah. montage of all the stuff leading up from Civil War, which is fine. I mean, it didn't really do anything to the movie because we'd already seen a lot of that from the trailers. Yeah, but, but then they had the, was it the second or third trailer was the whole 
basically uh, the entire third act. Yeah, it had basically the entire sequence. Yeah, they included the airplane sequence, they included the boat sequence, and they included him being stripped of all of the Spider-Man outfit sequence. Yeah. Yep, and they they had the the trope of a Spider-Man movie of him losing his mask, which again, if he loses his mask in Infinity War, which we are talking about later, <laughs> I swear I'm going to be pissed because that's like my least favorite Spider-Man trope. It, beyond him crying, I also do not like him <laughs> losing his mask in a fight. It doesn't need to happen every time. What? Okay, what if he was to cry and use the mask to dab away the tears? Would that be okay? <laughs> that would be worse. <laughs> the mask is not a hanky. Just so, trying, to, I'm trying to reach a middle ground here. <laughs> that's not a middle ground. That's taking the line and making it more of a dot than a line. <laughs> So David Goyer and talks to direct a Sony-produced Masters of the Universe movie. Boo. I don't think you can come up with a greater three strikes idea no. since Sony's Ghostbusters movie, which, again, the, the, the women cast is not the problem with that movie. No. It's Sony, it's rebooting the franchise, and it's making a bad movie. Yeah. We, we have a really bad Venom movie coming out. Pro- assumed, presumed, really bad Venom movie. I can't believe that's filming. They also announced that they're also they're they're doing a uh, Morbius the Living Vampire spinoff movie. Another Spider-Man villain-ish kind of person who oh. is getting his own movie. And that's in addition to was it to the, the Silver Sable and Black Cat movie. Yeah, what, what are the they Venom calling movie. it? Like Black Silver and, and Black. Yeah, was, I thought it was like Black and Sable or something weird like that. I think it's just Silver and Black. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, we've got this. Again, a presumed really bad Venom movie that is coming out in less than a year, and they just started filming about three weeks ago. Have you seen the set photos from that? I've seen one. It's the Tom Hardy all tattooed up with like next to a burning car. Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) Again, assumed bad. Other news: we have Liu Yifei. Yifei. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce her. It's actually her first name because in Chinese culture, the last name comes first, and then the name they go by comes second. Right. So her the name that is listed is Lu Yifei, so she would actually go by Yifei. Uh, but she's also known in the States as Crystal Lu, has been cast as Mulan. And I, she's, I think she's uh, some kind of TV star in China. I think it's, it's great casting because they're going with a literal native of China, not just someone with Chinese heritage. And I think that's really cool. My biggest fear is that as much as I enjoyed like Beauty and the Beast, I think visually Maleficent was very pretty. It, mm-hmm. Story-wise, it was very bad. Acting, it was very bad. Mm-hmm. Outside of the well-well scene. Cinderella, I think, was visually really good, but it was kind of blah. I wasn't overly impressed with Jungle Book. It, again, technically, it was amazing, but again, it was Jungle Book. These All of these live-action Disney movies are very pretty but they they feel like they don't have a soul to me like they just seem like everyone's there to get a paycheck and read some lines and be in a disney movie the casting i think is a good casting she you know i just when they announced it i don't i think i may have seen the forbidden kingdom but i couldn't pick her out because i don't think she was actually a very leading role in that movie um i don't watch once upon a time and apparently she's had a role or two with that mulan on it um so she'll have two mulan credits to her name um, at least that's what some commentator said. That oh yeah, she was like one of the people who was with um, in Milan's entourage or something like that. It seems fine. I'm just my main concern is that 
they're just filming it to film it. And I hope that is not the case. The original director of the movie, I'm not sure is still directing it, had said, oh, yeah, we're not doing any songs. We're doing a very kind of hard... Yeah, she kind of backtracked after the success of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, she said... Mulan isn't necessarily a musical. Like, it has some fun moments, but I don't really associate it as a musical like I would Aladdin or no. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the only thing is I can think of is that is that Disney sent um, uh, an, edit- an editor's note and said, like, pages 45 through 50, make a man out of you here. <laughs> and so that's kind of my fear is that it's going to be kind of this hard... St- sturdy war kind of movie um about about her story her journey and then out of nowhere um he's just gonna look at the she's gonna be in camp and someone's gonna be like we're gonna make a man out of you <laughs> it's like well you gotta build up with the drums oh well yeah i'm like that's just my main concern there where you get the random music sequences from the jungle book like the the bare necessities kind of happen naturally yeah but the 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 christopher walken i want to be like you like hey guy i want to be like you that was so cool but so weird yeah it just it 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 works because it's christopher walken but at the same time it it didn't work within the context of the movie no and king louis being like 40 feet tall was just kind of threw me off i was like is there kind of like some kind of weird dynamic going and then it really and then i realized no he's like that massive and that was just weird. It was it was like an anti Snoke. <laughs> yeah. Where we're like, holy crap, Snoke is huge. Oh, it's just a hologram. <laughs> like, oh, King Louis is getting some really weird camera tricks. Oh my god, he's actually that big. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but you're right. It worked. Those two musicals in uh, those two musical sequences in Jungle Book worked because Bill Murray can break into song any point in my, his life, and everybody's just gonna go works. And then Christopher Walken is Christopher Walken. It's just it's going to work because you expect him to do something weird. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, um, that's just so. Back to um, Mulan. I honestly can't remember any songs other than "Make a Man Out of You." I I, I know there's there's oh. the reflection song at the when she fails her uh, bride test or something where she's the matchmaker test. Wait, isn't there something about? crickets no there's also the uh, no, a man the ma- worth fighting for the match the matchmaking one where, yeah like, at all the very the, beginning yeah where they're all painting her up and dolling her up yep yeah yeah there's that which again is in a mulan mm. story or at least in a mulan movie i think the only two essential songs i think there's only really four songs in the entire movie anyway mm-hmm. you have the matchmaker song and then you have the reflection song and then there's i'll make a man out of you and then there's the a girl worth fighting for and then everything else is kind of like rehashing one of those other beats. That sounds right. So, I mean, you you could literally get away with a Mulan movie if you wanted to do those musical parts. You could do... I think reflection is is a very important part of the Mulan character because it's it shows her inner turmoil of... She's a tomboy, but a girly girl. Then you have the I'll Make a Man Out of You, which again is kind of showing her becoming the warrior that they the army needs her to be and that she needs to become to be able to pass off on this ruse that she's playing they can figure out how to work one or two of them in in a decent way that'd be fine the only odd other odd thing about her casting somebody pointed out was that this officially makes her the oldest disney princess live action princess because i think the actress is 31 or 32 which i i would have i would not have pegged that she looks like she's maybe 18 or 19 Which doesn't bother me. I, I mean, I'm not really concerned about anyone's age. You know, I mean, if if they actually do play up the fact that she's in her mid 30s as a kind of like a you know a plot a, point, a, a, yeah, as a spinster in that day and age, 
okay, sure, because, you know, she was staying home taking care of dad. Because that's, like, one knock. I was like, I saw some woman go, I can't relate to her. She's 30. And I'm... You're not supposed to relate to the actress. You're supposed to relate to the character she's portraying. Like, I doubt she's actually going to walk out and they're going to put silver streaks in her hair and be like, yes, I'm 30 in, you know, the 14th century. Therefore, I'm 73. (laughs) But no, I think that's just cool. Yeah, I just, like I said, I... I just I hope it's good and I hope it, it it has a little bit more soul because again I, I enjoyed Beauty and the Beast it was very pretty uh, I enjoyed the the hell out of the the re uh, the remakes or the the reinterpretations of the the songs uh, and I think that um, uh, oh geez what's the new song that Dan Stevens sings oh um, um, yeah my wife has sung it a few times she really really liked it she, uh, I can't think of the name of it though yeah. Um, they got the composer back, which is really nice, that he was able to weave some stuff in that he'd wanted to, but also to bring some life into it. And I also did like that they um, they brought a little bit of the Broadway tunes into mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, Evermore is the name of the That's song. Okay. And then they also brought back Celine Dion to write a new song for the credits, which they actually ended up working into the actual movie, hmm. the How Does a Moment Last Forever, which is a, a gorgeous song. I don't... I'll hand in my man card if I have to. Um, <laughs> I think I think Celine Dion is a great performer. I think she's a great artist. the The song she wrote was actually kind of a, a love letter to her dead husband. No, oh, yeah, certainly. and you know that that tugs at the heartstrings already. And then Kevin Klein does a great mm-hmm. performance of the song as well within the movie. It's it's really brief, mm-hmm. um, but it comes back later in the movie. And uh, I think both of those songs should be nominated for an Oscar. I know um, the the honest trailer shitheads. Uh, I'm not even gonna call them people. <laughs> I, they bashed the Evermore song because they they called it a an Oscar bait song. It's a great song. I don't care if they're if it's an Oscar bait song. It's a good song. Half the songs that they write for movies are Oscar bait. They're just sitting there going, "Come on, come on, we need something so we can slap on the cover, Oscar winning movie." <laughs> we all can't be Suicide Squad and get best makeup and call us an Oscar winning movie. I. Still mad about that. There is no way that Star Trek Beyond should have lost that. Yeah. <sighs> well, that's that was such a weird category where it was Star Trek Beyond versus Suicide Squad versus a man called Ovi. Yeah. Which was just a guy in old man makeup. Like really, that those are the three best makeup movies oh, that you can come up with. Don't you don't think that Gary Oldman's not going to get <clears throat> the, the the person who made Gary Oldman look like what is it um. Um, Winston Churchill. Thank you, Churchill. I wouldn't, I keep thinking LBJ, but I know there's an LBJ movie out right now. I'm like, that's not Gary Oldman. Don't think they're not going to nominate him for that. Oh yeah, that guy. And Gary Oldman's mm-hmm. probably going to get his Oscar nomination again. About time. Um, He's only been nominated like twice. Using Suicide Squad as a transition tool to another Warner Brothers property, we have seen our first look at Brenton Thwaites, which my notes actually <laughs> <laughs> autocorrected to Thwaites. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. We don't recognize this. So we're just going to add in random L. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Uh, Brenton Thwaites, uh, we got our first look of him as Robin for the Titans made-for-TV show, I guess we should say, because uh, it's not technically a television series. Start clarifying. It's yeah, the it's Teen Titans, streaming. but it's not the cartoon. It's not Teen Titans Go, but it's not Teen Titans the film. No, it's just Titans. <laughs> Titans. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the, the look is really solid. It, it's, a, it's a great picture. It's obviously very Photoshopped to make it look very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a few notes that I have. Is One, he's got, uh, he's got a little bit of a Tim Drake look to him. He's got Tim Drake's staff. And he also has the Tim Drake R on his chest or on his left oh, pectoral. Okay. 
the way you're supposed to be able to tell the Robins apart is they have a slightly different R. Oh, okay. So, like, Dick Grayson's R is the very clean-cut one where it's just the, like, it looks like it's just coming off of a, a grade school letterboard. Right. The and then... Like the letter stamp kind of... Yeah, thing. then Tim Drake's is a little more, like, angular and mm-hmm. sharp. Uh, I forget what Jason Todd's looks like. And then I think uh, Damian Wayne's R was kind of a, an amalgamation of the two where it's got the straight line at the the base of the R and then you've got the angular R like mm. swoops. I, I think they've already said that the first episode is supposed to lead into Dick Grayson becoming Nightwing. So the fact that they reveal them as Robin, I think is supposed to be kind of a misdirect because I think by the end of the episode, he will become Nightwing. Okay. Either something's going to happen with him and Batman. And he's like, I'm, I'm no longer the boy wonder. I'm now Dick Grayson Nightwing, mm-hmm. or it's something's going to happen within the, the context of the show and he's gonna be like i can't just be robin anymore i have to be something more i admit i am not versed on my robins i just saw the picture i went well he looks the part you know that i like that they kept the little domino mask thing going the, mm-hmm. the armor looks like it could be good of course it's, it looks like it was shot in the middle of an alley dark at night while he was like walking by but you know that's just you know they don't want to give everything away yeah, I need we'll to. See I need to see it. the suit in action. Need yeah. to see how the cape flows. Need to see how long the cape is. Uh, I was watching a a making of Justice League documentary, mm-hmm. and for the brief moments they have Henry Cavill in the cape, the cape is like floor length. But mm-hmm. if you look at any really good Superman interpretation, mm-hmm. the cape is usually about thigh high. Yeah, like it's more decorative. It's not regal it's not royal or anything right. like that but for whatever reason they've decided to make this like a floor length like almost wedding dress style cape <laughs> where it's like dragging on the floor almost i don't know i was thinking about it because i was watching uh superman the animated series all- recently also and they they actually have it like right around his lower back yeah so it, it looks a little weird and in, in the context of like wow this is a big man wearing a basically a shawl <laughs> Yeah. Um, but the, the the Robin looks good, and I again I don't think he's going to be in it all that long. No. But it's just going to be oh this is what he's going to look like in the pilot, and then all of a sudden he's going to be Nightwing somewhere within the context of the show. But now that you bring up the cape thing, I just realized that like in the Batman movies they make Batman's cape basically go to his ankles. Yeah, like because they do a very dramatic he lands and like immer- you know and he always lands basically superhero style, and then like. The pulls up from the cape, but then on the TV series, it's almost, it, it's like it's it, calf high. It's scalloped. It has that scalloped edge. Yeah, it's got the. But it's always right around his calf. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I guess it just looks more dramatic that way in the movies. I don't know. Nah. Or in the context of the animated series, they can make it as long as they want because continuity of the cape doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. No. Uh, sticking with DC news, Mark Strong, formerly known as Sinestro in DC Universe continuity, has been uh, named as the Shazam movie villain Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. I honestly know absolutely nothing about Dr. Thaddeus Savannah except for the fact that he is the B-villain of Shazam compared to, uh, what the heck's The Rock's name? Um, Black Adam. That's not The Rock's actual name, obviously. The Rock's character name. Black Adam is the A-list villain for Shazam, and then you've got Dr. Savannah. And I honestly forgot to look up anything about Dr. Savannah, so uh, that's all I really have to say about that. I think the casting of Mark Strong is pretty good. Um, the Shazam movie has solid casting at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm all in just because Zachary Levi. Uh, I like Mark Strong as an actor. I enjoy him in the Kingsman movies. I still haven't seen Kingsman 2. At this point, I have to wait for the Blu-ray to come out. 
Um, but I enjoyed him. I, I thought he was one of the better parts of the Green Lantern movie as well. He was a really good Sinestro. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me about his casting is it's a little on the nose. Mark Strong, poor guy. I really like him in the Kingsman movies because he's a good guy. I mean, they, they don't even try, like in the second one, after, I mean, you've seen the trailers, the Kingsman house gets blown up and he's alive. They don't even try for like 20 seconds to be like, he betrayed them. You know, it was just more like, you're alive? Yeah, I was at home. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing like that. I, I like Mark Strong when he's able to play a good guy. They Once a decade, they let him. But you know, it's a little on the nose casting because he's such a good villain, but all right. What was that medieval movie that he was in? Was it King Arthur or the the King? I forget what movie it was. He was a really he was a bad guy. Maybe it was. It wasn't Kingdom of Heaven. Was it uh, Kingdom of Heaven? Um, he played a bad guy in some medieval uh, swords and oh, armor. It was well. There was Robin Hood. The, that's uh, what it was. Kurt it was Ru- the Kurt, the Russell Crowe Russell Crowe version. Where the he Russell God- Crowe. That's what Godfrey, I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah, he was the sheriff of Rottingham, wasn't he? Or Nottingham? Uh, Godfrey is he's what he's listed as. Oh, it might weird. have been. They changed some of the things around for that one. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't care for that movie too much. That was really weird. That's the one where uh, Kate Blanchett randomly falls <clears throat> in water for a while, right? Yeah, Kate Blanchett is Marion, who is betrothed to Robin of Loxley. Robin of Loxley is an asshat who dies during the Crusades. Right. And Russell Crowe steals his identity because Marion's dad needs him to marry his daughter because she's an old true. Something like that. That's what I remember. My dad loves that movie, but I was like, this is bad. I just swear. That's that's another... um, I swear I just remember... I may be getting my movies mixed up, but I swear I remember her putting on armor at one point and, like, supposed to be a badass, and then, like, the horse falls in water and she's, like, struggling and has to get saved. I think that's right. Okay. I can't... I don't recall. I know it's on, like, AMC all the time because it's a yeah. really cheap movie that they can throw on there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's... No. It's no good. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking of with Mark Strong. I think he's a, he's a really good actor. Yeah. I think he just... He falls into the villain role too easily, and he's very typecast within the villain role. Yeah, which is why I was, which is why I really like him in the uh, the Kingsman movies because mm-hmm. because you expect him to be sinister, but he just seems to be having a good time, and he's a good guy. So. Yeah, I think that was kind of the point of his casting because no one knew anything about the Kingsman movie coming out. It just looked like it was going to be fun, mm-hmm. and he saw uh, Michael Caine. In there, she's like, oh, well, he's Michael Caine, so he's going to be the good guy. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Strong's in there. Mark Strong's going to be the bad guy. He's going to betray them somewhere. Oh, he's the weapons ex- expert. Yeah, he's definitely going to betray them. Oh, yeah. And then you find out, oh, it's Michael Caine. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moving on, because, yeah, we have nothing to say about the the character within no. the DC Comics. Mark so. Strong, do well. Mark we Strong, yes. Uh, solid casting for the Shazam movie so far. Uh, probably the second most anticipated DC movie after Aquaman. Keep going, keep going in this direction, DC, as long as you're making good movies. So next thing we have is that Colin Trevorrow and, the, uh, and Chris Pratt shared a, an image um, or like a gif or something of Chris Pratt petting a baby raptor on the set of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Chris Pratt has thrown some speculation out there that it may actually be an animatronic, but... It looks pretty bad, so it's probably CGI. <laughs> but the, it seems like they're trying really hard to get rid of the the bad taste that some people had in their mouths from the lack of animatronic animals in Jurassic World. Yeah, I saw the image, and I was trying to figure out what the point of it was. 
Oh, then, oh, okay. There's going to be baby raptors. Duh. Yay. And then I'm like, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, okay, how old is that raptor supposed to be? And is that animatronic? Is that not animatronic? He pets Go, it on the chin. Yeah. And, and then, the, like, it doesn't really move. You just see his finger kind of wiggle underneath it. Yeah. It's really sad. We have to go back to 1994, which is now 23 years ago. 93. Is it 93? Okay. I'm pretty sure it's 93. 93. 24 years ago, where there's a scene with no CGI, where there's little eggs, and the raptors birth themselves, and they pick them up, and they kind of make sounds and wiggle their arms, and their little tails wiggle, and the little hand thingy comes over and takes the egg away from Dr. Grant. And it's like... And they're all gooey raptor babies from the eggs. It's like, oh, look how cute and kind of creepy. And he's like, raptors? You bred raptors on this island? That's like a good four-minute scene. And it's fantastic. With animatronics. And I'm watching this six-second gif, and I'm like... And I'm sitting there going, that doesn't look quite right. Well, there's speculation, Um, too, on the internet that the baby raptor is blue. But it's like, why would they be doing a flashback? Among other things, flashbacks are not privy to the Jurassic Park universe not that as I far as their movies go. No. So they they reminisce, but they you don't see flashbacks. Like people talking about uh flashbacks that we'll see in in The Last Jedi. Star Wars doesn't do flashbacks. Like they do force visions. Yeah. Which could tell you fill in some backstory like we had a little bit in The Force Awakens when Ray touches the lightsaber. Which is cool. But again that that wasn't necessarily a flashback because Ray was experiencing that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's a flashback. I don't think they're maybe they re maybe they cloned blue or maybe they've got a new blue or something. Uh, I don't know, but it it was uh, I spent more time trying to figure out if it was animatronic or not than I mean because it's only like what seven seconds six seconds. I spent more time trying to figure out is that animatronic or is that CGI? It's a little shifty looking to be actually excited about it. I mean. Yeah, I get to see Chris Pratt petting something. That's always a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is not really on my radar. I'll go see it for the podcast. I'll see it to just know what it is. But I, I really, it's not on my radar. I really don't care much to see it. Like the most important thing about that movie is that uh, when Josh Gad was filming um, Murder on the Orient Express with Daisy Ridley, he had these funny videos where he would kind of not necessarily harass her but he would yeah. like prod her and be, ask her questions about star wars and there was one where he actually brought in like a bunch of now a-list actors and just he's like i'm not gonna ask you any questions but they do <laughs> and chris pratt and jj abrams and a couple of other people were there and chris pratt was just like i'll tell you when jurassic park or jurassic world 2 comes out i'm in guardians of the galaxy he wasn't like asking her questions he's like trying to bribe her like i'll give you this information and josh gad was even like i'll tell you when frozen 2 comes out which basically confirmed that frozen 2 was happening but everyone already knew that was happening actually random thing since you brought up daisy ridley you saw that we don't do random things (laughs) you saw that interview where she said that she's done playing ray after episode nine right yeah, her contract is up with episode nine. Yeah, and but she says she's but she like basically suggested she had no interest in continuing it beyond that. Is that that's a Jennifer Lawrence move, right? I mean, the whole like I'm done playing Mystique, I can't stand this anymore until they pay me a shit ton of money. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, thought so. I I think I think it's either going to be a payday or it's going to be if they do it right and they bring back Ray. I think they can't bring back Ray for at least ten to fifteen years, if not longer. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah, and it also depends on what they want to do because the saga movies are still supposed to be about the Skywalker legacy. Right. 
I mean, they've even said that this new trilogy is about the Skywalker legacy, so yeah. they have to connect it somehow. And if Kylo Ren doesn't make it through, obviously uh, Leia is not going to make it through, unfortunately. I, I'm getting more sad as we approach this because I'm realizing that I'm not going to see uh, Carrie Fisher in another movie past this one. And then I'm just I'm I'm looking to this movie. It's two weeks away, and I'm going to be like, all right, they're going to probably acknowledge her death in some manner in this movie. Or They've said they haven't changed anything. Okay, so like so the only thing they'll do is probably a four carry in the credits. All right, and they had said episode nine was supposed to be about her. So I'm assuming the episode nine title crawl has something about Princess Leia's gone. But I'm just sitting there going, all right, Harrison Ford's dead. We know Carrie Fisher ain't in nine. Mark Hamill, you have to make it past this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Mark. I mean, they may not have changed Leia's story within the movie, but they might have changed Luke's. Yeah, come on, Mark. Get past this. And and please, please, record an outtake in the uh, in Luke Skywalker outfit saying your line from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> Poor transition time. Incredibles 2. We did get the Incredibles 2. <laughs> we did get the Incredibles 2 teaser trailer, which... Uh, I can't wait for this movie. My my lack of enthusiasm for Jurassic World 2 is counterintuitive to my just sheer fanboyishness towards finally getting Incredibles 2. And uh, we still don't know exactly what the story is. They're saying that the movie picks up immediately with the Underminer fight or like immediately after that. Mm-hmm. I still think that there's going to be a time jump somewhere because saying that it picks up at that point could easily just be reestablishing the universe. Like, oh, everyone's glad that the Supers are back. Yep. 15 years later, mm-hmm. you know, they can do whatever. Um, the internet is really... We're going to get into this when we talk about the Infinity War trailer a little bit too, but the internet is really like needing Jack-Jack to go evil for some reason. <laughs> what? Yeah, like the internet really just wants Jack-Jack to get kidnapped and like used against his family somehow. And it's really bumming me out. What the hell's wrong with people? So many things. <laughs> no, the trailer, the little teaser did exactly what I wanted it to do. It, you know, um, Craig T. Nelson's back. Yay. Jack Jack has a bunch of random powers. That was hysterical. Because, I mean, that, I love the reason why Jack Jack would have random powers because babies are just, they're, they're not formed. They can become whatever they want to be, however the parents raise them. And it was just a cute little <coughs> thing, you know, so I'm excited about that. I didn't read any of the common boards or anything because I didn't feel the need to because I just assumed it would all be like, yay, we're going to get a movie soon, June 8th. Yeah, the, the idea is that Jack-Jack is going to get kidnapped or somehow like brainwashed because he's essentially the most powerful being in the, in the planet because he has all the powers. Yeah, they, they just, like, they're talking about how if Jack-Jack goes bad, the, the Incredibles aren't going to have the opportunity to kill him because he's got all the powers and if he's evil, blah, 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 blah. Why does Jack-Jack have to be evil? He's a baby. Like, babies are inherently neutral. All they want is what's best for them. No, just just make another great Fantastic Four movie. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, exactly. And have Frozone actually do some stuff this time. <laughs> all I need is, where's my super suit, woman? <laughs> <laughs> of course we need that line again, but no. I, 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 liked, I liked the first one. It was a great superhero movie. It was a great family dynamic movie. It had some unexpected um, emotional moments. Uh, it brought the family together it was it was fantastic so just pick up either with the underminer fight and continue on or do a time jump i don't care i'm just happy we're getting the incredibles yeah and and thus far pixar has not um failed us with having uh sequels that elevate the franchise 
franchise. I, I am ignoring Cars 2 because that does not exist. <laughs> Cars 2 is just... Cars 2 is what funds Pixar's exactly. good stuff. Exactly. They're just like, oh shit, the bank fund's getting low. We better make a Cars movie. Get all that uh, merchandising, merchandising. Oh yeah, I was, eating, uh, I was eating a bowl of cereal this afternoon after mulching. And I was vegging out on the couch and there was a Cars 3 Christmas toy set. For one brief moment I went, oh yeah... I kind of remember to see that when it can, when it comes out, and then I realize it's been like six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's out on Blu-ray now. I didn't know, <laughs> but obviously it looks successful enough that Disney's like, "Yeah, we got that Cars Christmas money coming in, <laughs> Christmas bonus." <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I, I am super excited for Incredibles two. Um, the teaser trailer didn't really, obviously, didn't do much other than tell us that maybe the story is really going to focus around uh, Jack Jack. Uh, I like the idea because. As far as we have seen in the original movie, the family doesn't actually know that he has powers because right. there's the moment where he first bursts onto the scene with the powers. He's being pulled up to Syndrome's plane. Oh, you're and right, he right, starts right. freaking out, doing all the things. All the anvil, the baby fire demon thing. Yeah, and yeah. everyone on the ground, Mrs. Incredible, Mr. Incredible, Dash, and Violet are like, what's going on? What's happening? We can't see anything. So Jack-Jack then gets dropped after syndrome gets sucked into the plane and mrs incredible's parachuting him down then the underminer thing happens so we don't know what happens in between that right. point so as far as we're aware they don't know that jack jack has powers exactly only kari does and she got mind wiped they need to bring kari back they because, really do because that jack jack's attack and she's been is... mind wiped so she wouldn't remember any of this exactly and that jack jack uh, attack short that they did with her i is absolutely one of my favorite dvd extras ever yes <laughs> I'm Kari. I'm the baby kidder. <laughs> Just uh, the the sheer crazy that is coming out of her face in that moment. And then you have the great line of uh, she's talking to Syndrome and she's like, why do you have a giant S on your, sh- on your shirt? <laughs> He's like, well, it stands for sitter. And I was going to have it have babysitter, but then I'd have a giant BS on my shirt and that just wouldn't work. And I'm like, that only works in the extras because you can't put that in this kind of movie. (laughs) No. And Jason Lee, of course, sells it. (laughs) Yeah. I I really, as much as it would suck to just rehash Syndrome, I I wish Syndrome would be able to come back. He's a good villain. He was a really good villain. Well, the thing is, he was developed without needing development. You saw him the, the, the two minutes at the beginning, and then you figure out who he is, and it's like, yeah, this makes some place sense. Complete sense. This is Super a fanboy who was rejected by his idol becomes a bad guy. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he knows everything about him because he was a fanboy. Yeah, and he makes the, and he takes the time. There's that, you know, of course, that horrible sequence where all the supers are getting killed off as he makes, was it the Omnibot yeah. better and better and better? And it's just, it makes complete sense. He wants to be accepted, and if he can't be accepted, then he will make himself accepted. And it's, it's a great, it's just a great, great villain. And it, it's not um, it's not one that is lacking motivation. It's not one that's scary just to be scary. It's just one that's like, I can accept this, and I mm-hmm. can accept your motivations. And you kind of agree with him a little bit, because it's like... He wants to give everyone superpowers, because yeah. then everyone's on an even playing field. Yeah. But obviously, he's like, I keep the best stuff for myself. Of course. Yeah, I'll help everybody out. Yeah. Yeah, so... Incredibles 2. Super excite. Mm-hmm. Doge. Next up, staying in the Disney family... Jude Law has been cast as Marvel in Captain Marvel, which I think is very, again, very solid casting. Somehow Jude Law is making another resurgence. He's Dumbledore and now he's Marvel. There's 
thoughts that he might actually only be playing Marvel's uh, human counterpart, and maybe he doesn't even do the alien thing. Hmm. But I don't think you cast someone like Jude Law in a role that's not going to be fairly significant. So in in the Captain Marvel lore, Marvel is the original Captain Marvel, right. and in Carol Danvers' first adventure, she and Marvel go to find that there's this giant alien bomb set to detonate and it's going to wipe out all of humanity. And so Marvel takes the the alien bomb and he like dismantles it to a certain point and he realizes that he's not going to stop it in time, so he just runs to Carol and just covers her up and the radiation from the explosion that does happen imbues Carol with his Cree DNA. So she's a hybrid human and Cree, which is why she's super strong. She can fly. She doesn't get the shape-shifting that I believe the Cree have, or at least like the minimal shape-shifting that they have, or um, a few other abilities, but she gets the ability to absorb energy and re-shift it out as a photon blast. Uh, again, she flies. She's super strong. In the comics, she is near Hulk-level strength. Okay. That's so a, she's that's a little absurd, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> she's a little, little overpowered there, but okay. Whatever. She's <laughs> she's Marvel's Wonder Woman, so mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is supposed to be able to go almost toe to toe with Superman. Actually, that's I, I heard that's one of the best sequences of that movie. I still need to see it. Everyone <laughs> tries to take on Superman, and they have a, a headbutt battle and fail horribly. <laughs> yeah, basically, she throws a headbutt at him, and Superman's just kind of like, "Really?" And he headbutts her, and she just goes like face plant into the sidewalk. <laughs> Which again is a great moment, but at the same time, you're like, "Damn!" In this world of feminism, is that okay? Well, I also heard that is it, that I also heard that he. Uh, he uh, punches a um, he punches the Flash out of his Speed Force. Is that right? No. Um, what happens is the Flash takes off into the Speed Force, and Superman is able to follow him. Oh! And the the look on the Flash's face is like, holy shit! <laughs> it, it, that's my favorite part of the entire movie is, oh, okay. is that sequence because the Flash is obviously so fast that no one can see him. Except and for- he and he realizes like, oh my god, Superman is like watching me, <laughs> and I'm moving super fast, and he ends up. They have a super fast fight, yeah. which is really cool. Like, it's the only time in the movie that the Zack Snyder slow motion really works. Well, yeah, because you need everyone to be frozen while they're moving around. Yeah, yeah. and Superman is just, like, a hair slower oh. than the Flash. So, like, the Flash is able to, like, slightly dodge and just miss. And it, it's a really cool sequence uh, that is only ruined by Henry Cavill's Uncanny Valley face. Oh, okay. So, um, <coughs> I so- apologize for all my coughing in this episode. <laughs> it's really dry in my house, and... I, I have enough water here, but I probably should have gum or something. But my mic, <laughs> my mics are super sensitive. Yeah. So if I was chewing gum, you just hear. <laughs> and that right there is probably just going to make people stop listening to this podcast in general. So, all right, back to Marvel and Marvel. I mean, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel really other than I've seen some of her statues on Sideshow Toy and they're really pretty. And I've debated buying one or two just because some of them are just look really iconic. But so she's their version of Wonder Woman, basically. She's she's their Wonder Woman or su- and or Supergirl, depending okay. on how you want to go with it. Uh, but yeah, she's she's their overpowered, but she also still has plenty of weaknesses, and okay. uh, she's she's an amazing character when done right. Kelly Sue DeConnick had a, a great run with her, and that's largely what they're basing. <laughs> we'll just let you pour. I'm good. Alex is pouring his water under the table. Let's. <laughs> I tipped it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so. 
Kelly Sue DeConnick had a really great run with the character where they really embraced like her her nerdy side. Uh, she's talking about how her love of Star Wars and all these other things. The first run, the actual the background of my my computer is the final panel of her first issue on Captain Marvel. And it, that first issue is amazing. I don't really care for the art, but the that that last panel is amazing and the the writing is phenomenal. Hmm. And so if they're taking at least cues from that run, I'm 100% on board with this character in general anyway. I think Jude Law could be a really good Marvel. I don't know if they're going to call him Captain Marvel within the movie because I think that's just supposed to be Carol's mantle within the context of this new universe. Uh, but I think she's going to take on the name Captain Marvel because of Marvel or Marvel, depending on who you talk to. Uh, I know in Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, they called him Marvale. So is he like a mentor to her, or is, or is it kind of like a Green Lantern situation where he ends up dying and she's now Marvel? In the context of the comics, it's more of a mentor okay. sort of thing, where he kind of inspires her to become more. Okay. Uh, she's already a, an accomplished Air Force pilot. She's top in her class. Uh, she's from Boston, she's, so she's like a Red Sox fan, so she's like a nice foil. Uh, she blends really well with Spider-Man, too. And I believe, what, this one is coming out... Uh, March 2019. So this is between the two Infinity Wars ones. We'll get her story. Yes, uh, and, which is something we'll talk about when we're talking about the Infinity War trailers, because okay. there's a couple of movies coming out in between where Captain Marvel is going to take place in the 90s, so it really has no direct impact that we're aware of right now on Infinity War and Avengers 4. Okay. But there's also Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is coming out uh, that July. Yep. And we know Ant-Man and the Wasp will be in at least Avengers 4, but Paul Rudd is listed in the, the cast list for Avengers Infinity War. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't know if like he's just going to show up as like a cameo, sort of like what happened with Stan Lee in um, like X-Men 3, where, oh my gosh, my water is floating out of my hose. Because <laughs> technically Scott Lang is uh, on the run now because of what happened in Civil War. Right. Which I thought was really weird character motivations because the whole point of Ant-Man is that he's trying to be better and be able to be around for his daughter. But now he's a war criminal because he helped Captain America and now they would just be staking out his daughter's house. That, that doesn't bother me a lot because I don't think he was aware of the repercussions. It did kind of seem like Hawkeye kind of pseudo kidnapped him because <laughs> he, you know, he opens up the the thing and uh, he opens up the panel door and he like wakes up like, "What time zone is this?" And he's like, "Oh my God, it's Captain America!" Thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And then he or thanks for thanking of me. That's <laughs> yeah. what it is. Falcon. And then he sees Falcon. And he's like, "Hey, it's nice to see you again." Yeah. <laughs> and he just seemed more like, "Oh, I'm here, and this is kind of cool." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think he he was given a, a briefing on what it was, and I. I don't think it's within Captain America's character to. Well, he Captain America even tells him like, if you do this, you're you're a man uh, against the law, and he's like, Meh, whatever. Uh, yeah, that is a little a little against his. Yeah, because again, if he's concerned about Cassie and he wants to see Cassie, siding with people who are now wanted by every country in the world, not really gonna be very conducive to being a, an absentee father. Yeah, we'll see how they address that. Oh, because he did end up in prison. See, but when he was in prison, he seemed really mad. <laughs> <laughs> Jude Law casting as Captain Marvel. Or yeah. not Captain Marvel, but as Marvel. Very cool. 
So yeah, hopefully they do a little something with him with yeah, his character. I'm, I'm sure he'll cree up and he'll do something. And he, obviously, if he if he is Marvel, he's going to be the plot device that gets Carol her uh, her powers. So we'll right. see what happens. Uh, I think they'll kill him off just because Jude Law does enjoy those roles where he gets killed off. Yeah, we have little over a year to wait because uh, that's that's probably my my most anticipated movie of 2019 is because I want to see that movie. I want to see what Marvel does in a 90s setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Jackson, I don't think he's actually signed on for the role yet, but they they have said like they've agreed that he will be in the movie. Right. Uh, he's gonna have both eyes. I think he's gonna end up being the Kree or the the scroll in the movie. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the you have the Kree and the scroll, so you have the Kree scroll war coming to Earth, and Captain Marvel is gonna kind of be what kicks them out. We'll see what happens, but I think I think Sam Jackson's going to end up being the the scroll within the the organization, <laughs> uh, which means we're also getting the return of Shield within the MCU. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they'll have some nods to some people being Hydra, but yeah, Captain Marvel is very easily my most anticipated superhero movie of 2019, even more so than Avengers 4. But that may change after Infinity War. Yep, yep. And then before we start talking Infinity War, there was a big 10-year like retrospective sort of thing that Vanity Fair put out with some pretty awesome covers. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read any of the uh, the actual article or the, the, the piece that was written about it, uh, but it was supposed to be a, a kind of a retrospective building on the 10 years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what's coming up in the future, which the future is actually really vague because all we know is that we have Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers 4, Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Which, again, is not going to be called Homecoming 2. It's just a way to differentiate it between the other Spider-Man 2s. So that's all we know as far as that goes. And uh, Spider-Man Homecoming 2 is supposed to be the the launching point for Phase 4, which means Avengers 4 is the closeout of Phase 3. My wife and I were actually just talking about this. Phase 3 is actually going to end up being 10 movies, apparently. Because uh, you have Civil War, which was the Phase 3 launching point then you had what came out 2016 doctor, doctor strange, strange and then guardians, guardians 2, 2 thor ragnarok black panther spider-man homecoming spider-man homecoming then you've got Ant-Man and the wasp and man of the wasp infinity war avengers 4 and captain marvel which makes 10 yep i think part of that is that they were there was some unexpectedness thrown into their yeah uh, with spider-man coming in there um yeah. and then the success with ant-man because uh, we were actually already supposed to be having seen Black Panther. Right. Uh, Black Panther was originally slated for November, and Thor was supposed to be out in July. But then because of Spider-Man getting acquired, they immediately slated Spider-Man for July, and then just bumped everything back six months. And then they had to throw in Ant-Man and the Wasp somewhere in there, which bumped Marvel back, because Marvel was supposed to be... Captain Marvel was supposed to be that July when Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out. But yeah, but thankfully they they liked their production team, and... The movie did well enough that Marvel's uh, Captain Marvel gets the attention she needs. Um, yeah. So there's two, maybe three movies they weren't quite expecting to be in there. <laughs> yeah, but but that's yeah. that speaks to how the the machine that Marvel has created, where yeah. they can just be like, oh well, we'll make this movie in two years and move on our way. Unlike a certain <coughs> Sony <coughs> company, <laughs> um, where they are just like, we need to make movies with these characters, otherwise we're losing the rights. So let's make a movie within a year. I was just taking a look at those Vanity Fair covers because I'd seen them, but I didn't realize they were the, the, from the Vanity Fair thing. 
They're quite lovely. Yeah, um, my favorite one is the one with Anthony Mackie and uh, his Falcon armor yeah, because he has he has, the, he has the little prop wings. And if you watch the Winter Soldier extra uh, behind the scenes footage stuff, he talks about how how ridiculous he felt with these tiny little like barely arm length wings on yeah. for the uh, the VFX people to kind of reference. He's talking about how it's just kind of ridiculous to have these tiny little <laughs> fairy wings sort of things on. And uh, then he like sees the movie and he's like, oh my God, those things are gigantic. Why couldn't I get those? So I, I just I enjoyed the fact that he had the, the tiny wings just because, again, it made me think of that. And it's kind of funny, at least in my little world. I'm looking at him. I think the one I'm really digging is the, um, is the Hulk, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, Ant-Man one just... I like that they, you know, he, um, the whole they dyed his hands kind of like green yeah. and it was blending. But then every time I see um, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, I just get a little happy because it's just like, I'm happy he's in the, there. I'm happy he had that writing co-writing credit on Ant-Man. I'm happy it was so good. And then he's I, really uh, enjoyable in Civil War. Like, he, I, I honestly, during that, during that big fight scene, I think I liked him more than anyone else in that fight scene, even more than Spider-Man. Uh, just because he's, he has, he's just really quick with everything. Like, Hawkeye's getting ready to shoot him, and he's like, I'm ready to go, Arrow guy. Let's go. Yeah. Which, that made me really, really want... uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the Matt Fraction Hawkeye run, uh, but there's a character in the Hawkeye run for Matt Fraction called Grills. Uh, They call him Grills because he has a grill on the roof of the apartment building that Hawkeye owns. Of course. So, uh, and he's he's just... uh, he, Grills and Hawkeye are talking, and he keeps calling him Hawk Guy. <laughs> and he, they have a who's on first sort of thing going, and Clint's just like Hawkeye, yeah, Hawk Guy. <laughs> and you, you can't read it without like getting this really like thick New York accent in your head. You're like, yeah, we know who you are, Hawk Guy. <laughs> and uh, it, it's just a, it's a great who's on first because they clearly think they're saying the same thing. Like right. Clint's pointing to his like I I I. He's like yeah you you hot guy you. He's like yeah okay well, so we're on the same page. You just you cut to grills for one last thing. He's like hot guy. <laughs> like that's the only reason I want a solo Hawkeye movie is because I want that moment. I want a grills moment. Hot guy. <laughs> so dumb. I'll have yeah, to, it could be I'll so have to share that on the Facebook page because yeah because it's so funny. It's it's great. Yeah. So, speaking of Marvel and all this 10 years stuff, um, the Infinity War trailer dropped very random, not randomly because it was announced, uh, but to me it was fairly random because I thought they were going to make us wait. I thought it was going to release at like 9 a.m. Pacific time. I thought it was going to be like during something going on in the evening, some sporting event. Nope, it came at like 8 a.m. At least that's as far as I'm aware when it dropped. It, It dropped on Good Morning America uh, sometime Wednesday morning and I was so excited I kind of hyperventilated a little bit in my car I was at a stoplight and it was taking forever so I pulled up Twitter really quick and it was one of the first things that popped up I was like <gasps> and I just I was like I'm driving I can't watch this right now well I, I think it was a uh, Marvel doing us a solid that solid letting us know that hey we understand that you're at work right now but we need to brighten your day and you might as well watch it like 16 times. So, because it did become the most watched trailer ever in the first 24 hours, like something like 270 million times I've seen. Yeah. Uh, the one before that was It, which had like 230 in the first day. Which before that was The Last Jedi, which before that was The Force yeah. Awakens. So, I mean. Yeah. No, I'm just it, saying that 270 is a 
lot of people. <laughs> yeah, or just a lot of people like going back and just be like, I need it. Oh, yeah, and no. I watched it at least three or four times. Once, wait, that was a work. Maybe five, and then twice at home. Or right, so there's seven. Yeah. <laughs> so I and I'm probably in the same boat. I probably watched it maybe close to ten times on Wednesday. Uh, just mostly the before we start like dissecting this thing, mm-hmm. um, the fact that they brought back the Alan Silvestri theme. Yes, that is what sold me. Like that's what got me hyped. That's what like I, I was like my hands were just moving. I, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Alan Silvestri theme from the first Avengers movie is fantastic. Yeah, there's a there's a, to, in my opinion it's stupid. There's a really stupid YouTube video out there talking about how the Marvel music is very forgettable, and I'm like, clearly they never watched Captain America, the first Avenger, or the first Avengers movie because those themes by Alan Silvestri are amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, I've seen that same video, and I do agree mostly that you can't really hum a theme for like. You know, you can hum the, the Batman theme, you can hum Spider, uh, Superman, Star Wars, the Harry Potter thing. You can't really nail them with, with you. With but how them. many superhero movies have come and gone? Well, yeah. Because, I mean, can you hum anything from Man of Steel? Can you hum anything from no. the, the X-Men movies? Nope. Can you hum anything from the Blade movies? Can you hum anything from the the Green Lantern movie? Can you hum anything from... I can Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Because it's amazing. It's a and great thing. The the Sam Raimi Spider Man ones, I remember I remember the theme from those only because Danny Elfman was kind of like ripping himself off because it sounded very similar to the Batman theme. Yeah. And then the third one they the Danny Elfman didn't come back and the new guy he added those weird horns to it because it's like it's supposed to be darker, so randomly in there I'm like I mean I do kind of agree that the, but there's not, a lot I, of I, movies, though, have yeah. forgettable scores. Well, yeah, I, not everyone is John Williams and no. can create that great theme. No. Which a musical score episode is coming. That's something that oh, yeah. we are talk, we're going to discuss. Well, I'm just what I'm saying is that I kind of agree that I don't. When I think of like when I go to music scores to listen to stuff or or relax or something like that, I don't immediately go to any of the Avengers ones. I I can listen to the um. The, ba- uh, the 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 original Batman movie, well, not the original, yeah, and there's good music throughout it. Um, Lord of the Rings movies, amazing movie music throughout it. Uh, I've actually been playing this video game called um, called Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. The music for that is amazing. The intro music as you're loading up settles me into this world I'm going to have. And they, in the Marvel movies, they don't have a lot of that. But then you realize that's right. They have an amazing team song. Which is that Avengers music. No, that's Captain America. What am I thinking of? Which is weird, because Iron Man, his is that weird kind of prog, rocky kind of one. That what they play throughout the first movie. Yeah, so but it's much. just it's super generic. Like it's but, just you're like, yeah, it's metal. But yeah, but you know it's his. Yeah, and Captain America, Captain America does have one, but the Hulk really doesn't have one. I can't think Thor has one. I know the Thor Ragnarok actually had good music because I actually noticed it occasionally. Yeah. Other than, well, yes, they pulled off a lot of seventies <clears throat> classic rock, which was fantastic. Guardians two actually had a decent score. Yes. I remember. It, I just it gets overwhelmed because of the the jokes, like mm-hmm. the moment where. Um, Aisha, the the gold lady, uh, is coming up to Yandu on the Hookerbot planet. Oh yeah. Um, 
that the music in that is actually very beautiful and that's the point yes and then you get the stupid joke of like oh no my my red carpet is snagged <laughs> and then it just ruins the whole thing but again that's the point is like yeah. you're supposed to get this yeah. like very regal and like gorgeous swelling and then all of a sudden you get the joke um i, I think that joke could have easily been cut and oh yeah there's a lot of jokes in guardians too that could have been cut uh but the getting back to the trailer bringing back that theme kills it i think mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why it is it kills it in a good way oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think that's a big part of the reason why it now currently has the record for the most viewed trailer of all time as far as within the first 24 hours because mm-hmm. um, you you hear the little keynotes from it in the very beginning the from the piano the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I'm, I like i'm like oh my god really and then they, they bring it back once in a, a slightly different tempo. But I'm like, oh, my God. And then at the end, you, when you get the big Avengers A and the Infinity War, you just get that big, like, when Hulk punches the the giant Leviathan, like, when that mm-hmm. theme hits for the first time, you're just like, yes! It's the same thing. And that, oh, that, that's my favorite part. I listen to that theme probably once a week yeah. on, my, on my phone. And just bringing it back for that trailer. I, and that makes me... Really hopeful that Alan Silvestri is coming back to score the movie. I really, really hope he nice. is. If they don't, I hope they at least bring back the theme. Yeah, I was. Uh, um, Danny Elfman was talking about how part of the reason why you don't like when every time they reboot a uh, superhero franchise, they dump all the music is one is because the studio doesn't believe that you know people will pay attention to it. And he's like, and it's like no. There's a reason why we're on forty something years of the Superman theme. We know that theme. There's a reason why the Batman theme is serious beat it beat it in our head that the batman theme because it's a fantastic theme and which is why i heard that he actually plays the batman theme and he Justice plays League. hints of it uh there's the a very there's a very specific spot where i noticed it uh just before you meet he meets commissioner gordon on the rooftop of gcpd mm-hmm. uh, he's standing on a gargoyle and you just hear that uh little bit of the the batman theme right there nice Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I appreciate because it, it was very subtle, mm-hmm. like it. But it was also, I think, a little bit of cheating because <laughs> they're they're really trying to get you to just be like <gasps> the Batman theme. <laughs> they wanted to like get those endorphins going yeah. and just make you think the movie's better than it actually was. Well, he also said that he he included the Superman theme in there. Yeah, somewhere. I didn't catch that. I think it was, huh. it was I think it was a little drowned out because I I was listening for it when they brought Superman back. I was listening for it when Superman showed up, and I didn't notice it. Mm. So I maybe it's just been too long since I've heard the theme, but mm. I I didn't catch the, the Superman theme. But like um, like the Harry Potter, I know John Williams didn't return. I think for the sixth or seventh movies, I think he was just or maybe the it was just the seventh. But they had to keep Hedwig's theme in there. I mean, they they had to. So yeah, Infinity War. Um, getting to the like the meat and potatoes of the trailer. Yes. Um, they give us a lot, but they also give us nothing because obviously we we see. Thumos, as I'm calling him, because he just looks like a giant thumb. I've Thanos. Heard, I've heard that he's also either Bruce Willis or he's Rick from Pawn Stars. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, I see a little bit more Bruce Willis. Well, no, here's a great one because there's a meme that's like it shows um, Loki handing over the Tesseract. And he's like, in return for this, please spare my, please spare me and the rest of the Asgardians. And, and then it shows the Rick from Pawn Stars with like a purple face. And he's like, best I can do is $500. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh yeah there's a lot of people actually thinking loki's gonna gonna die because thanos has no real use for him yeah. um uh i i think it's gonna be a pretty drastic shift for thor coming from ragnarok to this because yeah. i mean he's gonna see 
we it's pretty much spoiled that in the Thor Ragnarok credits we see Thanos' ship, and that, I think that's where we're going to pick up in, in in Infinity Wars. We're going to see Thanos invading Thor's Asgardian ship. I think Thor is going to break away the ships and save as many Asgardians as possible, and I think that's how Hulk gets back to Earth as well as that he somehow gets sucked out. And yeah. He's just, coincidentally just happens to get sent towards Earth. Of course. <laughs> Thor is going to be floating through space. For those of you who haven't seen the uh, D23 or Comic-Con trailer, uh, spoiler alert, so if you don't like this, skip forward about 15 seconds. Uh, The the trailer opens with Thor floating through space, and he crashes into the Guardian's windshield. Mm -hmm. Again, completely coincidentally. So that's kind of how I think Thor is going to break away their ship, and they're going to get to Earth somehow. And that's how Hulk gets there, and Thor ends up just floating through space. And, uh, yeah, it, it, but it, the the way the trailer ends is you have a very, like, broken-down Thor, just like, who are you guys? <laughs> and then you see the Guardians, and Mantis gives him a cute little wave. Yeah, I like Mantis. Mantis is cute. Yes. Um, and then uh, apparently they're confirming that it's going to be about two or three years after Guardians 2 because yeah, you have a Groot teenage, teenage years. Yeah, you have teenage Groot. Yeah, because yeah, Guardians 2 takes place like six months after the events of the first one. So it technically yeah. still takes place in like 2014. Yep. Um, Marvel's getting really loose with their timelines. Uh, so there's there's a bunch of little things. I think the final Infinity Stone is going to be in... Wakanda, just because I don't see any other reason why it's going to be there, unless somehow the last Infinity Stone, which I believe is supposed to be the Soul Stone, um, it sounds right, winds up on Earth and they're protecting it in Wakanda. But either way, it's the final battle of the movie has got to be taking place in Wakanda. Yeah, it looks to be. I mean, you have a bunch of Wakandan warriors, so yeah, and Captain America is wearing some Black Panther gauntlets and stuff. Yeah, yeah though the trailer itself. Doesn't give a whole lot, but it does set up that there's supposed to be some serious ass stakes. Um, it does confirm something I've been hoping for, which is that Vision and Scarlet Witch actually get together. It seems to be because Vision's really human looking, which I'm assuming, well, because the trailer shows Vision twice, basically twice. Once looking as at Paul Bettany, yeah, once is basically Paul Bettany with with a with a glowing forehead, and Scarlet Witch getting out of this regal looking bed and slinking over to him to like, you know, what's wrong. And then on the ground with like, looks like the infinity stone being ripped out of his head. Yeah. And that's being done. I believe by Corvus glaive, which uh, we only get a very quick glimpse of uh, Proxima midnight, which it looks like she's having some kind of fight with captain America. Cause there's a, a shot of her throwing her spear and then a shadowy figure like reaching over and grabbing, uh, the spear that has been thrown, yeah. and it's pretty obviously Captain America, uh, which I, I think Chris Evans. I love the the concept of the the Captain America suit, which I guess they're technically calling him Nomad, which is a nice nod to when Steve Rogers in the comics gave up the mantle of Captain America. Uh, but he he got rid of the the, the star in the middle yeah. of his chest, and it's a really browned out suit because he obviously hasn't had time to wash it or get it dry cleaned or whatever tony does to have him clean um so you don't really get as much of the red white and blue right uh and he's got the beard he's got the shaggy hair uh i think it's a great look i i he and bucky have been apparently hanging out and taking fashion tips from each other <laughs> beard shaggy hair dirty and bucky outfit. just has the stubble he doesn't do the beard but no i like that because it um actually one of my favorite parts of uh 
with Civil War was the little flirty interactions between Scarlet Witch and um, uh, and um, Vision. Vision, even though she kind of realizes towards the end that ha- half of the flirting is, well, I got to keep you around the house, yeah, <laughs> kind of thing. But and I actually did really buy that moment in the, the battle of the airport where um, was it uh, War Machine? Not War Machine. I, uh, the Iron Patriot did the sonic blast at her. And like, War Machine. War, he, War he's Machine. not Iron Patriot. He's only Iron Patriot in Iron Man 3. Okay, so War Machine. Does the sonic blast and disrupts her and like kind of half knocks her out and Vision all flies down and like is cradling her and he's conflicted and not paying attention, which is why he decides to, you know, par- uh, turn in uh, War he doesn't, Machine. He doesn't <laughs> properly aim and uh, Falcon uh, does a somersault yeah. or a barrel roll and uh, ends up hitting War Machine. Um yeah, I, I like that they are embracing kind of the weirdness of their relationship yeah. uh, because the Vision obviously wants to become more human and wants to to learn about humanity and what better way to learn about humanity than being in a relationship. Yeah. And what Wanda has no real connection to anyone outside of her brother, so obviously she's going to connect to someone who wants to relate to her. Yeah, and who matches her and. and- at least a power level, if that's what intellectually, and that they can help each other. Humani- and they have a common bond with the the mind gem that is yeah. uh, powering Vision because whatever oh. it is gave her her powers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that part of the trailer, and th- there's a little nice little touch that apparently they're supposed to be together, and then the rest of it's just badassery. Yeah, you <laughs> get a lot of Hulkbuster action. Yes, uh, you see the Hulk, you see uh, Captain America leading a charge with a. Uh, Adora Milaje, and you've got War Machine and Falcon flying in with Hulk behind them. You get it. I like the, that brief moment of uh, yeah. Spider-Man with his spider sense tingling. I like that little. Yeah, where the hairs lift up off his arm. Yeah, they haven't really done that normally. Like in the um, usually, they just do some weird close-up and like panoramic around his head. Yeah, everything slows down and yeah. it's like something fuzzy. But this is like a bodily reaction. He's like, "What the heck?" And then there's that giant um, stargate in the sky. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know what it does yet. It's Stargates. <laughs> I did like um, the casualness of just having um, uh, Doctor Strange and his assistant. Like, Wong. Wong, thank you. I like them being around so much. That was just kind of cool. You know, it's just like, it's right. Because I know Marvel had Doctor Strange, and I really think they probably had Doctor Strange 2 somewhere in the schedule if it hadn't gotten filled up. I'm assuming they're going to have one. Yeah, they, they will. The, yeah. We'll see what happens. But I like. I just like that he's floating around. You know, he had a little bit in Thor Ragnarok. He's definitely going to be Infinity Wars, mm-hmm. even if they're just running around with glowing discs a lot of the time. Yeah, and it looks like um, the reason they're going to find Doctor Strange is because somehow Banner is going to fly into his Sanctum Sanctorum, yeah. into the staircase, and Tony's going to see it, or somehow Tony's going to get there, and they're going to, oh, Bruce, you're here. Cool. Yeah. Still not sure what. Yeah, there's some weirdness with Tony. Does, does it to you look like that Tony's planet jumping? He's either planet jumping or he is like being held prisoner somewhere. Yeah, because he's outside of a few shots. I think he's like very oddly absent. Yeah, he's there's that one shot towards the beginning where it, I can't tell if they just stole that from um, the visions of Civil War, where like he's Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. Thank you. No, because that one that's a. Uh, it's like a black and purple kind of environment. I mean, everyone's dead, right? Yeah, yeah, except for Cap. Cap like has a jump scare moment where he's like, "You could have saved us." Yeah, but <clears throat> it looks like he's on some planet or something, and then he's back on Earth, and then he's gone for some reason. Oh well, no, he gets punched out by um, 
gets punched up by Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that's a, a really cool moment. I mean, if nothing else, Avengers and Avengers Infinity War, Tony has nothing to do with the villain <laughs> as far as like creating the villain. There's True. so many villains in the MCU that Tony has created. And that's kind of annoying at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I think I think the the planet with the orange backdrop that we're seeing, I think that is going to end up being Xandar, okay. uh, the home of the um, Nova Corps that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy one. Um, I think that's where obviously Thanos has to get that one because we see that he has the purple and the blue gem. You're right. Uh, the purple gem is the one that's on Xandar. The blue gem is the one that Loki gives him in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And then everything else we don't know. Uh, but I, th- I think that that orange planet is going to be Xandar because I think he's Zan- uh, Thanos is just going to just destroy the shit out of that planet. It's going to become his new like concentration camp or something. Yeah. The only really concern that I have from the trailer, um, I mean, I really dig that Thanos looks more like Josh Brolin now because there's at least a little facial recognition, a little structure they can do. Um, I really did like Thanos's just kind of casual, like you know, one doesn't think about fun when balancing the universe, but I'm gonna enjoy this or something. It just does put a smile on. Yeah, face. there. You go. Yeah. Um, the only thing I don't particularly like is I'm not sure it's gonna work for. A ho- a faceless horde of Wakandans and a faceless horde of outriders. Of outriders, yeah. Because, because I was thinking about it, it was on the way over, and I'm, and the only time the faceless horde has really worked for me is Lord of the Rings, and it's not because it's a faceless horde. It's because we've spent time with some of the orcs. We know they're all the different looking. We know they all have different power levels. You have the Orakai. You have the regular orcs. You have the smaller goblin type ones with the weird hooked nose. You have the Battle of Helm's Deep, where that one takes 50 shots to the chest, but you're like, oh yeah, it's an Orakai. It can take 60 shots to the chest before it blows up. <clears throat> I'm just really hoping that we, that there's some we learn a little something about what these outriders are, and they provide like we can tell like okay yeah that one should be fighting black widow and she'll have a little bit of struggle this one captain america has to fight because it's a little bit bigger and that one that's an elephant has to be the hulks (laughs) (laughs) um from my understanding of the the outriders in the comics which they they play a fairly large role in the uh the infinity war or not the infinity war the infinity event that happened a couple years ago um they're genetically create or like lab-grown armies that people can buy. Uh, I don't think Thanos would really buy them. He probably like went to the lab and just got them. But I was really hoping that because Thanos is supposed to be so indestructible and so unbeatable, that it would literally just be Thanos versus the Avengers and he would have his Black Order of um, Proxima Midnight, Corvus Glaive, and um, Cole Obsidian is what they're calling the new guy. I forget uh, I forget he had like a really racially insensitive name. Of course, so they, they renamed him to Call Obsidian, but I forget what his actual like comic book name is. That well, I'm sure will now be retconned. Just based off what you're saying, I'm not so sure I would want to know that original name. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm blanking on it. But I, I was really hoping that it would literally just be those four. Yeah, and maybe Loki. Uh, but I was really hoping it would just be those four versus the Avengers. Just get rid of the faceless army. He's Thanos and he has three minions mm-hmm. at his uh, disposal, and you have the the personal attachment of uh, Gamora mm-hmm. coming after Thanos. Which again, I think that I think there's two ways this movie ends. Uh, one is 
the guardians show up and we're like we're here bitch and then like roll credits right or Which two should, you should have awesome. captain marvel show up and everyone's gonna be like who the fuck is that and then you have the movie and everyone's gonna be like where the hell has she been yeah I, I'm not. I, I don't like the idea of Loki being a bad guy again. I'm assuming because I'm assuming what happens is whatever happens to attack the ship and Loki is appears to be stepping over Asgardians. Yeah, he's basically just gonna bargain. He's like, "Look what I have for you. Yeah, Please just like, leave us alone." Hey, yeah, you're looking for this. Could you leave us alone and take this? But of course, Loki being Loki, it's probably something along the lines of, "Hey, I'll." Yeah, I'll give you this. I'd like my staff back and a ship and a part of the galaxy. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm hoping it's not like that. I'm hoping that if they do, again, do, you know, Loki's a bag of thing, that they give him some serious motivation and non-redeeming moment. That it's like, I, it, it's I, time for you to go. <laughs> I, I, I think they're just going to kill him off. And then maybe they'll do the young Loki thing like they have in the comics. Mm. Um but yeah, I, I don't care much for the faceless army thing. Uh, the the outriders look pretty cool. Oh yeah, no, they look they, they weird in the comics. They look kind of like orca whales with four arms. But in the, I can kind of see that. <laughs> in the the movie, they look a little more like scaly or like dried out. So like they look a little more. They do look six army. Yeah, they well, have the they have the four arms. I yeah. I've seen a, a couple of screenshots and slow yeah. motions of the four arms, uh, but they they don't look like as smooth. Like right. I think part of the reason why I associate them with orca whales is because they're black and white and they're very smooth. Mm. <clears throat> Where in this they look a little more rough. They look yeah. a little more battered. Yeah. No. <clears throat> there's. I mean, other than that, there's nothing in that trailer that doesn't excite me. Um, I of course am trying to build in my head how the heck the the whole thing goes, but there's just I mean, there's no way we can really no. assume I mean, what's going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, Spider Man is also very absent throughout the trailer as well because you have the moment where the Iron Spider suit, which the, looks amazing, and the yeah you have that moment where I think he's like I think he's getting into the suit because there's a shot where he stands up and the lights the eyes light up. Which looks so I think so that's cool. I think that's gonna be the first time he gets to like put on the suit. Um, but you have the shot of him and uh, his spider sense, his arm hair raising. Then you have a couple of shots of him in the iron spider suit, and then like he's gone. I think, I think you. Oh, you know, there is there, there's that brief shot where he's in the iron spider, this iron spider suit, and Thanos like body slams him, which I think. Is, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah which that's a pretty cool shot. Because um, I mean, Thanos caught Spider Man, and that's kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, with all his back flipping and web spinning, and you know, apparently has what a thousand and two different webs. <laughs> well, that's in, that's in uh, his training wheels protocol suit. <laughs> that's not his Iron Spider suit. Yeah. So I mean, so I yeah, there's just there's a lot of gaps there. Like, why is Iron Man, why is um, Iron Man and Scarlet Witch and Vision not running across the field? Because you can see War Machine flying back there somewhere with the condensed. So, then all that stuff on that may be on Earth or maybe on Xander. None of the Guardians seem to be there. I think the Guardians are showing up like towards the end of yeah. the movie. I think Thor and the Guardians are going to be like a separate plot yeah. that will. I don't. One of the things I I don't think they're doing in this movie is I don't think they're wrapping up this story in this movie. No. Just because one, we know that this was originally supposed to be two parts, and I don't think they're condensing that two part story no. into one like two and a half hour movie. I, I hope not. I'm really because they said it was supposed to be part one and two. I'm assuming that 
the title is a bit uh, misleading that it was supposed to be Infinity War, War and Two. Now it's in just Infinity War. So I'm assuming it's Infinity War and then like Secret War or and something. Then Avengers: Shadow of Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're gonna go from Infinity War to Secret War yeah. because obviously there has to be something that happens. Uh, one of the things I did want to talk about <clears throat> is. The again, the internet is a place I shouldn't go because <laughs> they just want people to die, and I I don't understand why. I understand that people dying creates stakes, right? And oh, and that that works really well in movies like Serenity, where uh, oh, I really like Watch. Shit, he's dead. Uh, oh, I really like Shepard. Oh, he's dead. Like all of a sudden, like all these main characters are dying off, and you're like, oh my god, who who else might die off? But with these Marvel movies, they've created really good movies that still have decent stakes without right. killing anyone off. I mean, you've killed off Quicksilver. Who cares? Yeah. Besides I Wanda. Well, I, I did. I liked him. He was fine, but he didn't yeah. really get that moment that they had in uh, Days of Future Past, was it? Yeah. Yeah, um, but then they tried to recreate that moment in... Um, yeah, that was bad. Apocalypse was just bad in general. Well, Apocalypse, and it didn't work twice. I did kind of... I <clears throat> did like how they sh- what they did with him. That, you know, they showed him super fast while he was moving all the people all the way to the bus or something like that. That was cool. Yeah, but at the same yeah. time, it's completely breaking the continuity that they created, they established, because he's not holding anyone by the head. Yeah. And he's also not super strong, so he shouldn't be able to just, like, chuck people out the window. Right. Wait. I'm talking about the um, the Marvel the, the Marvel one where okay. like that bus is like careening and he's like Aaron jump- Taylor Johnson yeah and he's jumping back and forth just moving everybody yeah. out of the way or something like that. No, I, I liked him and I thought it was really funny. He everybody- was he was fine. Oh yeah, I just I thought it was funny. Everybody was all suiting up and he's like grabbing sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't need. I don't like. Because Chris Evans' contract is running out, they're like, oh, Captain America has to die. Um, like, no. no, he doesn't. He he could literally just, like, maybe they use the time stone and they drop him back in 1940s and he gets to have a life with Peggy. Or, you know, maybe... Uh, I, I think I think if they are going to kill anyone off, I think it has to be Robert Downey Jr. because he's the oldest of all of them. And he can't keep doing these Iron Man movies. Well, th- or just tying in and being an Iron Man. Well, here's the thing. Is This is the thing that's going to piss me off if they do, do it this way. So, I mean, we've had a bunch of Marvel movies. The only person who's actually stayed dead is is Quicksilver. I mean, because Loki's died like and then the twice villains. now. Well, yeah. Loki's died like twice now. They He was presumed dead at the end of Thor 1, and then they yeah. was presumed dead at the end of Thor 2. Yeah. Um, and then Coulson died, but not really. Well, he died in the movie universe. Because according, um, according to Joss Whedon... He is dead in the movie universe. The TV universe is yeah. separate, but even I, though they don't want you to think that, yeah, I, I, I just, I don't need some, I don't need death, unless it actually has a meaning behind it. Because if like half of them die in the Infinity War, and then at the end of Secret War, Avengers Four, whatever they're gonna call it, they use the time gem to bring everybody back. That's just gonna piss me off. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be nice because in the movie theater, I'm gonna be like, this is so beautiful. They're all back alive. But then five minutes later, I'm gonna be like. That sucked. I think... You just cheated. (laughs) And everybody's contract's renewed. (laughs) I think what could happen, uh, I just thought of this, um, which I'm sure I'm not the only person that's thinking about it, is maybe Thanos does kind of succeed and the the reality of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is destroyed. And what they do with the Secret Wars is what they kind of do with uh, what they did in the most recent Secret War, 
where they basically reset the universe, but it's slightly different. Mm. So they, what happened in the most recent Secret War arc is uh, Dr. Doom was actually holding together this very small planet uh, together with the help of uh, some villain, I forget his name, um, but they basically when they reformed the reality, um, little bits of the other universes made their way into the main universe, which is how like Miles Morales jumped from the Ultimate Spider-Man universe into the main continuity universe. Interesting. So I think what's going to happen is they're going to rebuild reality somehow. Doctor Strange yeah. or someone's going to rebuild reality, and things are just going to be slightly different. So we're going to come back with a younger Iron Man. We're going to come back and maybe Captain America is slightly different. Uh, we're going to come back and uh, just there, there's going to be just little differences and all these characters are still going to be mm-hmm. around, but they'll be recast because they're going to be slightly younger or slightly yeah. different or they're going to be from a different universe. Slightly cheaper. <laughs> For now. Yeah, because was um, Kevin Feige said, or whatever, pronounce the name, he said that... Feige. 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 He said, is like, after Avengers 4... The movies are going to get small again. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. Because they have to rebuild and build towards a new event. Right. Where I I was thinking about this the other day, too, where Age of Ultron is very average. Yeah. But it's also, I realized, uh, a launching point building towards Infinity War. So this road that we've been on since Age of Ultron, which has had Civil War, uh, Ant-Man... And all the, these ten movies building up to uh, Avengers four, uh, Age of Ultron may, in retrospect, become a really good movie because of what it builds towards. That could be true. I don't think it's going to be true. No, nah, but really. <laughs> uh, just because you want these movies to stand on their own while also building towards mm-hmm. something, where Age of Ultron doesn't really stand on its own because Ultron is very a very boring villain. Yeah. Well, it's, <clears throat> which is which is super unfortunate because in the comics, like when Ultron shows up, Tony freaks out. He's yeah. like, "I don't know how we're going to do it this time," because he he's the futurist. He's a guy who can like look into the future and be like, "This is what we should do." Where when Ultron shows up, he's just like, "Shit!" He's wetting his pants. Yeah. Well, it's like Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two sets up Avengers, but after watching Avengers, you don't go back and go back. Yeah, Iron Man Two was really good. And it's <laughs> like Iron Man Two was like, no, no, it was just a very long trailer with a mediocre story. Yeah, it's Avengers point five. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't take away anything from Avengers. It just diminishes itself. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm whatever the Cinemascape is like after Infinity War comes out. I'm, I'm not necessarily think that death is an important part of it. Unless it's going to remain there, unless it like makes sense, like Tony does some sacrifice and he's dead, yeah. and you know maybe you know the end of the movie they bring him back and he's not slightly the same, and but he's like oh, yeah, remember at the end of Iron Man three where I was like yeah I'm done being Iron Man no dude seriously, we're we're gonna go away, our contracts are over, <laughs> my suit, you can, can still we, reference me but yeah, you can my, my suit is being given to somebody else. <laughs> I, I'm in my late fifties now. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't want to see somebody else playing Captain America. I really like the way Chris Evans. Chris Evans playing. is a fantastic yeah. Captain America. Uh, uh, he plays it very straightforward, but also has a lot of heart with it. Yeah, I, I like I like the Guardians. I'm really really starting to like Thor. I mean, uh, Chris Evans is uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor because he seems to be able to do the tonal shifts and not lose the sight of the character. Like. The first Thor, he was kind of the brat with the whole smashing glass. Another, 
the second Thor, he was just kind of like... Um, he was cocky. He was just a cocky guy. I'm and then he became things. concerned because of Jane. Yeah. This one, he was just <clears throat> having a hell of a time. And this next movie, for some reason, you know, he looks better and beat up when he meets the Guardians. And then he's in that weird kind of atlas fear thing pulling this massive levers. I think that's where he's breaking apart the the Asgardian ship from okay. Thanos' ship where he's like trying to save everyone and that's where he gets sucked out into space and ends up on the Guardian ship. Yeah, but that 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 scene is very God of War um the video games because there's always these weird like contraptions that have been built by the gods to yes. like, hold things together and that's what looks to me it looks like it's one of those weird bizarre contraptions that like you pull these 16 levers because you have ungodly strength <laughs> And something cool happens, and then the entire room shifts to the left. <laughs> I saw it as a, a parallel to the Captain America helicopter scene. No, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So that, that's what I took out of it, because yeah. uh, the same directors are doing, who did Winter Soldier and Civil War are directing uh, Infinity War and Avengers 4. And that, that's what I saw. I saw uh, a parallel to that where, yeah, Captain America can you know stop a, a helicopter from taking off, but... Thor, he can separate a couple of spaceships. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I mean, six months. You got six months. Six to months to wait. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, and it's only going to get worse because we're going to get more trailers that are going to reveal more things. And I'm this. I'm going to try and stick with uh, the Derek abstinence plan on this one. I'm going to watch like maybe one more trailer, and then I'm going to try and just go cold turkey and not see anything until the end of. Uh, until I actually see the movie. No. <laughs> the hype train has left the station. The, the hype train is real, but the yeah. hype train is only making two stops no, for me. No, 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 there's no stops in the hype train. The hype train continues, and you watch the billboards as they fly by, and they're going to be fantastic. I was honestly really surprised that Disney released this trailer this two weeks out from Star Wars releasing. I thought they were going to give Star Wars their moment, keep hyping up Black Panther, and then maybe at the Super Bowl... They reveal the first trailer, and then with Black Panther, they have it for the theatrical run. Uh, I'm, I'm not complaining. Oh, in two weeks, I will be sitting. I'll be very happy to see this in front of uh, Star Wars. Yes. And then in front of Black Panther, I'll be very excited to watch the Aven- uh, Infinity War 2 trailer. Because <laughs> that's the way this is going to go. Well, I'm sure we'll get the Infinity War trailer in front of... Uh, Star Wars as well. I don't think they re- would release it two weeks before Star Wars and not have it attached to Star oh, yeah. Wars. No, what I meant was I'll be happy to see it in theater and then in front of Black Panther, the second oh, version. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, the second cut. That will debut with uh, the, Super Bowl. the Super Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, well, we did have a topic on hand, but we are already running a little long. Yep. So Infinity War is the title of this episode. Exactly. Uh, that We were going to do uh, essential holiday viewings. Um yeah. Do you want to run through your list really quick? We'll just... Nah, we'll do it next week. Okay. <laughs> well, no, next week we're talking The Force Awakens because we're getting ready for oh, okay. The Last Jedi. So if you want to just run through your list really quick, we'll just give uh, <clears throat> everyone a few extra minutes of us. All right. So um, my guide to essential holiday viewing, if you're going to watch something, it always gets overlooked because there's only like one good Thanksgiving movie. But if you're going to watch a Thanksgiving movie, it's got to be Plain Street and Automobile. Yes. Because... That really is the only one that matters. Or there is this one terrible one, which I believe is called Thanksgiving, which is about an evil I turkey. I love that movie. Have you seen the second one? I did not know there was a sequel. There is a sequel. Um, if I remember correctly, it's about the evil turkey and the actual box art. The only reason I watched it is because Liz brought it home, and she said I was scanning this in for a customer when she worked at the library. For, uh, for the library carried yeah. Thanksgiving too? Yes. 
And it said, the, the actual box art said, boobs in the first six seconds. <laughs> and she's like, and then she flipped it over. She's like, what? And it's like, you know, evil turkey, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, we have to watch this. Uh, but anyways, Planes, Trains, and Now, when you actually get to holiday viewing, you have to watch Die Hard. That's essential. Then you have to watch the Harry Potter movies because for some reason ABC Family or Freeform or whatever it is called now has determined that the holiday season is the Harry Potter movies. Because they all have snow in them exactly. at some point. And I, it's really sad, but I can't help but watch them now. <laughs> and think like, oh, it's, it's Christmas. Are they showing the, the Harry Potter movies on Freeform? Sweet. We have a Charlie Brown Christmas. You have to watch that. Christmas Vacation and A Christmas Story. I was trying to stay away from the like usual suspects. Oh, um, the usual suspects are what I love. I've, I've got a few honorable mentions. Um, yeah. One is Gremlins, which oh. you don't really consider a, a Christmas movie, but it does take place during Christmas. Is it the first one or the second one? The first one. Okay. The first one cra- scares me still. Because <laughs> Gizmo is uh, a Christmas present because yes. the dad wants oh, to get him like right. a... They already have a dog, but apparently they need a mogwai too. Everybody needs one. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> anything by Shane Black because... Shane Black movies almost always take place around Christmas. Except for Iron Man 3. Um, Iron Man 3 takes place during Christmas. I know, but I'm just saying, except for that movie, don't watch that one. <laughs> no, that's a good movie. You can shut up now. Uh, but you've got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, like Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Um, I think technically uh, the Predator movie is not a Shane Black movie, even though he did write the original screenplay. And he was in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my actual list... Uh, oh, no, I also have a, a guilty pleasure movie called All About Christmas Eve. It is a lifetime movie, and I actually enjoy it because it deals with alternate timelines where the um, Hillary Duff's older sister, Haley Duff, uh, yes. stars in this movie. I've seen it. She uh, is supposed to, She's a party planner. She's supposed to go to mm-hmm. San Francisco. One timeline is she makes it to San Francisco. The other timeline is she doesn't. And throughout the first like two-thirds of the movie, you think the San Francisco timeline is like the magic timeline where she right. gets everything she ever wanted and the the timeline where she misses the flight is the bad timeline and then it flips on you and you're like oh what a poignant point yeah and it it, it i enjoy it it's a guilty pleasure but it's it's is it, cute is it a lifetime movie or one of the hallmark christmas movies it's a lifetime movie as far okay. as i'm aware lifetime christmas is pretty much on in my house all time at this time of the year <clears throat> my wife loves it and they're cheesy enough that i get like guilty pleasures out of it i didn't realize okay i'm gonna have to look because i know right now that our house is if I, if we're not playing video games, it's on the Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my my actual essential viewings, mm-hmm. um, I have a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, that's cute. Yep. <clears throat> um, Elf. Yeah, I, I I I'm not I, a Will Ferrell fan, and I love that movie. I think I was too old. I know we're like the same age, but I think I was too old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the year without a Santa Claus. I don't remember that one. That's the one with the uh, heat miser and the cold miser. Santa Claus is sick, so Mrs. Claus oh, is yeah, yeah. trying to get Santa a day off. That's great. <clears throat> um, and then the original Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer oh, yeah, claymation. And then... Bumble's um, bounce. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my, my wild card is the Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart movie, Just Friends. I have not seen that. I'm that actually. is, it's, it's a, uh, I don't want to say it's great, but I, yeah. I enjoy the hell out of that movie. It's got some really good physical comedy. It's got some really good jokes. Um, I don't think I have it upstairs. So I, unfortunately okay. I can't lend it to you. That's right. Um, but I, I enjoy that movie. It takes place during Christmas. Um, it's, it's a cheesy, sappy ending, but it, again, it's a really fun comedy. So I enjoy it. 
Um, but those are my essential holiday viewings, and I now I have to go downstairs and try and find Just Friends so I can watch it. <laughs> so, Alex, thanks again for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Um, you got our essential holiday viewings. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you feel like watching a holiday movie, feel free to pick out any of those like 15 movies we just named. Mm-hmm. Uh, I named, obviously, a lot more. Um, uh, Dark Heart 2 is also during Christmas. Because so. <laughs> Shane Black was also involved with that one. Exactly. <clears throat> so, again, thanks for sticking through my coughing, and uh, thanks for listening to our ramblings. Hope you're excited about Avengers Infinity War. You can feel free to share your thoughts on the Avengers trailer, how many times you watched it, uh, what you think is going to happen, who you think is going to die. You're dead to me if you think someone's going to die. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook and YouTube, uh, Talking Smack, S-M-A-C. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSmackPod. Email us, tsmackpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Josh underscore Scar. Alex doesn't socialize, so he's not on the socializing medias. <clears throat> and then one last cough for good measure. And Alex, any uh, special theme music this week? Yes, this is the Skrillex remake. Um, just so you know, I pushed hard for it to be on Eminem's revival, but it's only going to be a bonus secret track after about five minutes after track 19 i was hoping you get alan Silvestri for this one i wish <laughs> would, have, would have been very on point so with that roll that theme music <laughs>